DMs, have you ever felt like banishing a player to the Astral Sea for insisting your rule interpretation was bogus? Players, have you ever felt frustrated that a 19 on a perception check only tells you that there may or may not be something there? Way of the Drunken Master Monks. Tired of constantly being followed home by city guards because they clocked your tipsy sway? Then this is the podcast for you. Where we take a hard look at the rules of the game, the reality of the table, and the roll of the dice to solve D&D's most heated arguments. This is Raw and Order. Dun, dun. Hey, Joe. Hi, Anna. Joe. Okay. Joe. There's a lot going on in the world right now. We need to take uh, a, we need to do a debrief. So it's been like two weeks. Oh, first things first. I'm the realist, but also <laughs> let's um, just address. We'll be doing podcast bi-weekly. Mm-hmm. Honey, we decided this during Pride Month and we want to make it a little gay. So we're doing it bi-weekly. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> but just a little gay. Got it. Just a little gay. Half 50% gay. No more than that. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're going to do bi-weekly because I think, you know, just a yeah, little I, more. I think that this is going to help avoid months-long hiatuses yes. for us. Longevity. We... Yeah. Longevity. 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 Yeah. It's a, it's a basically a conjugate. I love conjugates in French. Is that avec moi. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> You're so good at French. (laughs) Is it cognate? What's the word? Andy's gonna murder me. Sorry, Andy. No, it's like it's like when a when a word conjugate. No, (laughs) I just said that. It's when it's when a word in in uh you say a word basically in English, it's the same word in French but with a French accent. Um, uh, Oh, like it's called uh, (laughs) douchebaggery. Or as the French would say. Okay, so we're doing the podcast bi-weekly. Yes. Get over it. Yes. I don't want to hear complaints. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so now diving. So that's why we're two weeks late with this. Um, so the Supreme Court, the United States Supreme Court, is a thing mm. that did some things. Mm. We're not going to comment on those things because of reasons mm. that we've explained on the podcast. Of the podcast before. That's my dissenting cow noise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, love it. Um, here's what we'll say. Things are in flux. In The world is changing. System. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily for the better. Yeah. And, um, you know, if there's a, if there's a, a well-meaning attorney in your life who seems stressed, just give him a hug and say, you know what? Starry decides who. Who cares about her? Apparently, no one. There's a me in your life, and I seem stressed. I welcome your hugs. I could really use one. Yeah. Um, Just, um, just know that Canada is always an option. Mm -hmm. And Anna, Anna will. (laughs) I'll welcome you with open arms. Yeah, Anna, 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 Anna. That I think I've said that before. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I just, you guys are so similar. I just merge right together. Um, Um. So okay. All right, we don't. We're not going to dwell. We're going to pivot. Pivot. We're not. We're pivot. not dwellers. We're pivoters. I have a complaint. Okay, let's hear. It. I'd like to air my grievances. 
All right. I'd like to tell you what really grinds my gears. Grind away, baby. When you make an appointment at like a doctor's Mm. office, Mm. okay? Mm. And they're like, we've made your appointment for 10 o'clock. And I'm like, okay. Fabulous. And then they're like, arrive Show 15 up at minutes 7, 725. I'm like, then just, then just make it for 945. Like, mm. what are we doing? What are we doing here? Why? I will say that is not the biggest thing in the world to, to have a, a gripe on these days, but I will, I will commiserate, except I, I think the reasons, because a lot of people tend to be late to appointments. Yes. And... But then if you set it for 945, <laughs> but your records are like, it's a 10, then if they show up late, they'll still be on time. Do you know what I'm saying? Because for crazy people like me, if you oh, say the so appointment is set the at per- 10, I see. yeah. Okay. Yeah. If, if you tell me the appointments at 10 show up 15 minutes early, that in my mind, the appointment is at 945 and I show up at 930. And then I'm sitting there for half an hour. So. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is just a me problem. <laughs> um, it might be. Hey, so I almost fell for not a scam, but I almost I almost bought something someone was selling. So this guy came around. I'm working from home on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. This guy comes around. Not, oh, no, no. This was yesterday. I, I, I came home um, and worked home in the afternoon. I was working. Some guy knocked on my door and I answered the door. And this really hot buff, kind of short, but like buff, blonde. Mm-hmm. You, you could tell like good looking man. You just like open the door to a stranger. Yeah, why not? It's Iowa. What are they going to do? murder you throw corn at me no i mean it's fine so so i was like hey and he's like he's like hey i want to tell you about this thing he was long story short he was selling this pest control stuff encyclopedias no i wish i would have bought that he was selling a pest control thing i already have a contract with the pest control company because guess what i don't like pests Mm -hmm. shocker so i was like you know i don't really know and we were chatting and he was Smiling. Like you let him give you a pitch. He was pitching. Well, he wasn't the only one pitching. Let me. Oh, God, oh that, my was, God. that was rough. The there were pitches happening. Okay, mm-hmm. that's all I'm going to say. I don't know who was the pitcher and who was the catcher, but one mm-hmm. of us, mm-hmm. one of us was. And I'm just like, what? And also, he had I can't remember his name, but his he had some like, like his name was like like chomp or like. <laughs> or like manch or some sort of like some, some sort of like onomatopoeia some exactly i think it was like like mac man man much? Marsh. Mac, mac it wasn't mac it wasn't it was too it wasn't mac so i'm just like there's no way this guy harsh trump trump something like that okay and there's it, no way and this I'm like, guy what? what the fuck so i google him after turns uh-huh. out like former or current like MMA fighter. <gasps> yeah. And I definitely watched a few of his fights because he was topless. And I was like, why not? Um, so I almost I got so close to, and then I realized this is he's going around during the daytime because he's probably thinks there's a lot of single mother or not single mothers, but housewives uh working at, mm-hmm. around the house who would just love for this buff guy to come along and sell him pest control. What more could you want? And then I looked up some of the Google reviews and they were like, this company blows. So I did not purchase. Wow. So um, you met a MMA fighter. Yeah. 
I don't know if he was famous or anything. Came to like kill the cockroaches. Yeah. If he would, if he singularly came to my home Mm -hmm. nude or scantily clad and Mm -hmm. killed bugs by hand, I'd pay for that. Absolutely. Sign me up. Thousand dollars a month deal. But I'm I did not um partake in in the, also that he told me control. he told me it was a local company. What he meant was that they have an Ankeny office. It's a national <laughs> company. It's a national company. And I'm also what gonna, if he's a listener? Hey, a chomp, if you're Charg. listening, char grog, if you're listening, come come back and we'll just cuddle. You don't have to kill bugs. Um, Anna, I'm going to send you a picture. I, this, this is a picture of something in my neighborhood. We'll ask Andy, because this is a podcast. Mm -hmm. If you weren't aware, this is a podcast. Hello. Yeah. In case you didn't know. It's a podcast. Um, uh, I saw this on my walk and I want your reaction as to what you think. Okay. I'm ready. It's, it's, it's sending. And Oh, here it's coming. What? What? (laughs) So Andy will post this on on Twitter. It like it hasn't loaded all the way yet. And I feel like that's making it scarier. (laughs) So to describe for the viewers at home, it is it is a face or a creature, some sort of monster. It's a face, yeah. Created out of uh like pool noodles um cardboard cardboard paper balloon streamers uh a shower curtain it's got a mouth it's got a nose it's got everything this is just sitting on someone's lawn what why why do this why is this happening to us this is terrifying what are they trying to ward off or what are they trying to summon? Well, that was like, gonna say that's either. yeah. I you know the question and, du jour. And part of me is like, this is really fucking weird. But the other yeah. part of me is like, okay, maybe this is like a cool parent. Yeah, that you was know, like, let's make art. I'm pretty sure the things around the eyes are like wreaths. So okay, but there's of- like a globe in one eye, I think, yeah. in the right eye. There is just a globe, and then and I yeah i don't know what's happening it looks kind of cool it has hair i think i don't know thank you for the nightmares joseph you're welcome those are the things i i see i'm gonna start um capturing pictures i see nice around just you know well, I I went camping (gasps) you did oh we have i did yes yes and we okay after our last episode our wonderful Twitter follower uh, actually came back with advice on how to combat ticks. Yes. Which, thank you. Also, you said and, our wonderful, our one, our one Twitter follower. No, I said wonderful. I know, but our wonderful what? Twitter follower, as if there's only one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So none of us got ticks uh me or andrew or stella um but stella has gotten one in the past and i used soap like you like drown it in like soft soap and you just like leave it and then it falls off so that is another fun tip 
for you. Thank you, board game fan for slash wicked awesome. I don't never, I never know how to read people's Twitter Twitter handles. Do you read the handle or the name? I I read the at because then that way people can follow them. This is board game fan four. So thank you. They've been a listener for a long time. A long time. One of our Uh, earliest fans and followers. We just got got another tweet from, uh, this is the Iron Realm, the Maze Master. Uh, Oh, interesting. Oh, and they just said they've been listening and enjoying immensely. Thank you so much, the Maze Master. Thank you. Oh, yeah so uh we highly encourage you to share with your friends listen spread spread the love spread the love um yeah what else is going on with you joe oh (laughs) (laughs) aside from uh uh you know the the universe crumbling and monsters Mm -hmm. in my neighborhood and and Mm -hmm. mma fighters um assaulting me with their looks um monkey pox outbreak oh and you know what monkey pox I'm just going to say, go home, yeah. take your ball and go home. We don't want get you to out, there. get the fuck out. Nobody wants you. No one wants you. I read go a home. news story this morning yes. about some lake in like Southern Iowa mm. that had a brain eating, oh, yes. eating virus. Like some yeah. sort of amoeba. Amoeba. Oh my God. Yes. I saw and that. I'm too. like. I didn't. I didn't need this in my life right now. Yeah, this, this is the last thing I wanted to wake up and read. I'm never going outdoors again. Also, no. Iowa, not a great look for your water systems. Yeah. Your water is already shit with nitrates. So let's not let's not add brain eating amoebas, amoebas. <laughs> which is also the name of my new band, the Brain Eating. <laughs> That's a fun one. Okay, or the. Bays. The 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 Should we should we get a third yeah. person in here so that we stop talking to each other? Yeah, Ben <laughs> Benjamin is gonna join us. Um, Yay! And let's let's talk about D guys. Let's do it. Oh, yay. Oh, yay. The Honorable Chief Justices Joe and Anna and Associate Justice Ben of the Supreme Court of D&D. All persons having business before this court are admonished to draw near, give their attention and get ready to meet Elon Musk's ninth child. <laughs> for the court is now sitting. That's right. He's got nine. That is that's What's too he many. doing with all these. That's too many. Ben, welcome. Hi, hello. Ben. Hello. Long-time I, listener, I, first I am caller. not. I am not currently, as I know, a child of Elon Musk. No, dang it. Yeah. I was ready to introduce you and everything. Oh, well. <laughs> Do you spell Ben in an interesting and weird way? <laughs> yeah, it, it's actually it, the B is an eight. So. Oh, okay, great. Oh, oh gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Oh, no one needs nine children. Let's just come no. on. That's so just so, that's just rude. That's even so if you're children. even if you're a billionaire, that's too many children. Um, secret children are a rich person thing. Oh, they're yeah. secret. Oh, is that why this is? Yeah, it's like it's like it's come out in like court documents and stuff, right. like how many kids he has, and like yeah, uh, yeah. We so. found out about two of his secret children this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. That's gross. Okay, 
Anyway, Ben, welcome yeah. to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, ben, friends, fr- we knew each other. We knew each other through Brian and Andy, primarily. Yes. And then I learned that you play D&D, and Andy was like, you have to become friends with Ben. And I was like, obviously. And then you started <laughs> like following our podcast, and then we played our, our short-lived but fun drag queen game, which we can always do. Do you want to talk Amazing. about your character? Amazing. Yes. So my my character was kind of like a a, a spirit of the forest, uh, very much inspired by um, Meryl Streep's character in Into the Woods. Oh, uh, yeah, the one who's crusty looking the the old crazy <laughs> the old crazy witch from the woods look. Um, but yeah, her name was Demi Mond, uh, which is French for kind of like the the quarter where the prostitutes hang out in. <laughs> um, that's where they they would locate like the Moulin Rouge um, in Paris. Um, but yeah, she was super fun. That that campaign was amazing. Um, it had one of the best first sessions I've ever been in, where we were we were all drag queens at a bar watching a performance and then there was an explosion and then we had to figure out what happened where are we i forgot that that was the very first session and you and of course demi is a was a moon druid it's a very powerful moon druid and i was i had pledged to play her as annoyingly as possible Um, (laughs) (laughs) mechanically like i would i would always have concentration up and then bonus action wild shape into a black bear so i could have two attacks absolutely as you should 100 right exactly i mean that's the point of playing a moon Druid. Absolutely. But so Ben, how did oh sorry, Anna, please. I think I was about to ask the same question you were, but how'd you get into DD? Um, so I had always been into video games growing up. Uh, a lot of RPGs, uh Final Fantasy, yeah. uh, uh Elder Scrolls, all of that. Um, and I had a friend in high school who was obsessed with D&D and, um, Vampire the Masquerade, because this was kind of in that period after, I think, 4E had come out, and Pathfinder kind of gained prominence, and a bunch of other people were looking at other tabletop RPGs like Vampire, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and he convinced me to play a couple of sessions of Vampire, and I freaking loved it. But uh, <laughs> then I graduated and kind of mm-hmm. left that friend group um, mm-hmm. and didn't play any D&D until about five years ago. I found a table in Des Moines, um, and I was actually living in Iowa City, so I was driving two hours uh, each way wow. to go to this session. Yeah, it was very fun. Um, and... <laughs> Clearly, I, I I'm still playing D and D, still like mm-hmm. a huge D and D nerd. Yeah, um, you're DMing two campaigns more than that. Uh, just just one at the moment. Uh, okay. Just had the session zero for that one. Um, <gasps> and how many are you playing in? Oh man, uh, I'm in two. Too or many three. to count. <laughs> yeah, two or three. I think what I think the third one is kind of dormant for the moment. Um, Yep, playing a, a Tempest cleric in one, which is Very so nice. fun. Yeah, so uh, powerful. Yeah, if you if you like to do damage, Tempest cleric is your, mm-hmm. your man. Oh yeah. Um, and then I am playing a paladin in a Curse of Straw game that that is pretty much over. We just uh, yeah, 
we nice. we lost we lost is basically oh, no. <laughs> yes. Strahd uh killed the party and brought us all back as undead minions and oh, oh god <laughs> and yeah a, a, a couple of the players in the campaign are trying to get the dm to continue the campaign but uh he was like no nah, that's kind of the end like, but yeah. i want to play an undead paladin yeah breaker that would be like fucking come awesome. on nice yeah yeah oh well ben thank you we we've we've asked you here to be our associate justice mm-hmm. and let's face it you're as qualified, if not more, than some of our current Supreme Court justices. And, oh my God! Yeah. Um, uh, so, thank you for joining us, uh, Associate Justice Ben. And the court will hear two cases today. In the first case, in Ray Wither and Bloom, must someone be conscious in order to benefit from the healing effect of the spell Wither and Bloom? Okay. I I mean I can start with the language of the spell. To yeah, get us rolling. Know, please. Yep. Yeah, it says you invoke both death and life upon a 10-foot radius sphere centered on a point within range. Each creature of your choice in that area must make a constitution saving throw, taking 2d6 necrotic damage on a failed save, half as much on a successful one. Non-magical vegetation in the area withers. In addition, one creature of your choice in that area can spend and roll one of its unspent hit dice and regain a number of hit points equal to the roll plus your spellcasting ability mod. So, hmm. you know what word was missing? What word? A creature that can hear you. What? The word <laughs> here appears nowhere. Why would it require a creature to hear you in order for it to affect them? That's not the, the question. Yes, there, but conscious is also nowhere in there. Is there a hear, hearing element to it? Wait, I'm confused, Emma. Why is he? Oh, we'll cut this. Why is hearing relevant? <laughs> because you would, if you're unconscious, you wouldn't hear it. Oh. <laughs> so uh, conscious I mean, or hearing isn't isn't anywhere in there. And I, yeah. Okay. So here's my well, here's my hang up though. Okay, so I hear healing you. word. Got it. No, no, no. Because no. well, you don't. You don't have. Remember, we. I messed that one up. You don't have to actually hear the person with healing word. And that was a mistake that I had made. And then, um, uh, uh, you just have to see them. Um, uh, so, here's my question though on this spell, and the reason why this spell is so different from other types of healing spells is that sorcerers and wizards have access to it, which is unusual. Um, and. Uh, there are some healing spells like vampiric touch um, uh, that can heal, but not sort of standard healing spells. And the reason why I, I wanted to talk about this one specifically is because it requires the creature to spend a hit die. So the question really becomes, can you spend a hit die if you're unconscious? But a hit die is just like a mechanic of a game. Like, I don't, I don't understand why you wouldn't be like in real life. There's no such thing as hit die. Oh, there's not, Anna. <laughs> well, so I'll tell that to my beautiful Inta. <laughs> <laughs> so that goes into like why this is a complicated question because, uh, in in researching this, um, when when you're unconscious, you can't really spend a hit die. Uh, when you're stabilized and unconscious, you can't do anything for one d four hours. Correct. 
Yeah. So you, the, the rule is that if you fall unconscious, but are stable, meaning you yeah. don't have one hit point, then you regain consciousness after one D four hours. And right. I looked this up too. And I'm not, I don't know that I fully am on board with Jeremy Crawford's uh, interpretation. Um, Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy, Him Jeremy. Interpretations. Um, uh, I know he just like wrote, wrote it. Right. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> um, but technically he's like, well, you don't have to, you could actually spend the, the, taking a short rest. Doesn't right. require you to be conscious and you can exactly. spend hit die right. during a short rest. hit dice during a short rest. Yeah. So you should be able to theoretically spend hit dice while you're unconscious. That's what I was thinking. And I, I mean, hit dice isn't like you're physically taking a healing potion or anything. It's just like a random game mechanic created to give you back hit points, you know, well, like they, outside yeah. of the fantasy. Right. I mean, and so that's why I was like, I don't know why you'd have to be conscious to benefit but it's not from entirely this. outside the fantasy. Right. Yeah. I, I, why, sorry, how, how not? Ben, did you have something to say? Oh, well, not not directly responding to that question. Oh, no. oh, oh. Well, here's <laughs> here's my my thought on it is that when you spend hit like hit dice, they scale depending on your class. So the bulkier, tankier classes have a greater potential to regain health during a short rest. Um, I, I think that the thought is that you regain those on a rest because your body is healing and mending and you're you're giving yourself that time to rest if you're unconscious you're just unconscious now i understand that there's no hard and fast rule that would limit it and i probably would let players use hit dice if they decided mm -hmm. to immediately take a short rest but then what i would do see if i was a dm i was immediately attack them again <laughs> um like oh there happened to be spiders in the ceiling of course um <laughs> So, so I, I, that, that's sort of what initially sort of like triggered this, this thought that, well, maybe you can't use this if you're unconscious, but essentially what we're saying is that like in a, in a fairly large radius, you can do a fuckload of damage depending you know, if all the creatures are, are in that uh, radius, 10 foot radius, a 20 foot diameter. Um, uh, uh, and you can also keep one of your allies up live like right. up bring them back up or her back up i'm gonna let i'm gonna let ben talk because i feel like we haven't <laughs> let him get his yeah. thoughts out but yeah i have a counter argument to joe okay <laughs> i mean i have complex thoughts i mean so one are there any other spells or mechanics that force you to use a hit dice in D D 5e that force you to use ah I don't think there are. And that's what makes this. That's so what unique. makes it complicated. It's like, is this like that you're making someone use a little bit of their life force, which is kind of interesting and goes along with the flavor of the spell. Um, so yeah, that that's what makes this kind of unique and an interesting question. And then uh, you, Joe had mentioned that this is only available to like wizards and sorcerers, right? Wizards, and sorcerers, and druids. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's sort of a, a backwards way of giving them healing, like vampiric touch or life transference, which is a cleric spell. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I kind of like that it makes you use your own life force to heal yourself because it's not actually like primarily a healing spell. It's more like a damaging spell. Right. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I guess the one limit, the one reason why I'm inclined to let to let this happen is because it assumes that you have hit dice left. So the spell right. specifically says unspent hit dice. Mm-hmm. So if you've spent all your hit dice or you only have one left, you can only benefit from this once. So you hope better hope someone has a healing word on them uh, or cure wounds because uh, otherwise you're, you're going down. See, and then I kind of go back to the whole hearing thing. Like I, I guess I kind of equate the two where you have to be awake to hear which is why we had decided that healing word can be used to save somebody that's unconscious because the, the spell only requires the caster to be able to see the person that they're bringing right. back or healing and not, you know, the injured party to hear it. But say like, for instance, um, bardic inspiration, you have to be able to hear whatever crazy made up song I've just made. <laughs> Otherwise, you don't get my bardic inspiration. Right. So unconscious people can't benefit from that. And so I just look to the language of the spell and I don't see anywhere that it says a creature that can hear you. And I I don't know that I totally agree that hit dice are part of the fantasy because they differ from creature to creature because I think that's just one of the like considerations you take into account when you're picking what to play, what their hit dice is an unconscious person heals, right? Like that's why even in game after four hours, you wake up. Yep. You heal with one point. I mean, I would, I guess I think, I think, you know, in wanting to keep yourself immersed, you would say that like your hit dice represent your body's full full maximum healing potential over Mm -hmm. between long rests right i mean that's really sort of what it is and then you regain half your maximum after Mm -hmm. a long rest so i i I guess i view it in that sense like and you add your con modifier to every every die so i i think when i say a part of the fantasy i mean like like it's part of the 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 adventurer party that right. you are and you get more of them as you get stronger whereas most people in your world are like level one and two or not even so i think that's sort of more of the line of like how mm-hmm. i thought about about hit dice but again none of that sort of takes away from the fact that it doesn't really limit right it doesn't really limit it yeah so why couldn't yeah. you yeah and like i was saying you can kind of view hit hit dice as like your natural essence your a little bit of your soul something mm. like that um where like if you're if you don't have any left you can't really like uh, wake yourself up and mm-hmm. keep going um right yeah i like the idea of it being like a what did you call it like a life force you yes know? life yeah. essence like life essence essence yeah. de vie yeah, right yeah. right yes la vie en as, rose. as demi would say <laughs> as demi would say andy's listening to this right now and he's like joe that's not how you pronounce it I agree. Okay. Sorry so to our French listeners. I, <laughs> we don't are, have are any. any. No. Yeah. Well, not that I know yet. of. Yet. Dusseldorf hasn't responded. So Ugh. get on it, girl. Come we on, want to hear from you. So I think it sounds like we're sort of in agreement, right? Yeah. You can... yeah I, I think I'd allow it. Yeah. 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 All right. That well. is, that is with the caveat that you're allowing Strixhaven content in your campaign. This is accurate. Yes. So you have yes. this is a Strixhaven spell, new spell. Um, but you know, what? I think it's one of the better spells that they've added because it gives mm. healing to sorcerers and wizards who don't really have much other healing mm. unless they yeah. want to like sacrifice their own hit points, which is never fun. Um, 
And that's kind of what the, the spell's making you do. Sacrifice your life essence for some hit points. Yeah, but but the of of the of the person being healed, which is nice. Right. So yeah. but you, that could be you, right? Uh, one right. creature of your choice can spend and re-roll one of its unspent hit die. And then the higher you cast it, the more of those die you can dice you can spend. I always forget which is singular employee. <laughs> I hate it. I just do want to use dice for everything. Okay. Well, Anna, I'm sorry that I completely went. I was like, why are you talking about hearing? That's not part of this. We had that conversation. Um, uh, so, uh, but now I get your point and justice, Thank you. Anna. I, Thank I, you. I, I, I fully I, concur. I'll let you write the majority. I, I concur also. I will sign on to your opinion. Fantastic. The unanimous court and gavel, 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 gavel. Okay. Now we have to go to this next question. I submitted this question. And it may not make sense, but let me explain it several mm -hmm. times for you. Counterspell v. Counterspell <laughs> is case number two. <laughs> if you use your reaction on your turn to counterspell, a counterspell of a spell you're casting. So let's frame this. You are the spellcaster. You start casting, let's say, I don't know, fairy fire or some spell that requires a semantic component. I don't know if fairy fire does. I just said that off the top of my head. Um, and another caster tries to counterspell you and you use your reaction, which you got back at the beginning of that turn, assuming you used it to counterspell, which has a somatic component. Does the original spell you were casting, if it requires a somatic component, fail because you interrupted the casting of that spell to use your reaction and do a different somatic component Th that's i have this worded differently but that's that, that's a better explanation i think than than how i had it written so here's here's my my initial thinking on this and then i really want to dig in with you both so in dnd &D, we have multiple multiple things that you either have it or you don't disadvantage and advantage you can't have double advantage you can't have double disadvantage you either have advantage or you have disadvantage or they cancel each other out and they don't stack. Same thing with resistance to damage. If you are, um, uh, if you are a, a tiefling uh, or a fire genasi, you have resistance to fire damage. And then if you were to cast, you know, protection from energy and choose fire, you wouldn't get double resistance in the mm -hmm. game. Resistance is just you have it or you don't. If there's resistance and then there's immunity. So, in thinking about that and thinking about combat. And, and how this would normally work. And I think the reason why I initially was so interested in this is because I thought Counterspell had a verbal component, but I think it's only somatic. Um, is that if you have a verbal component to a spell, you wouldn't be able to like use your reaction while casting that spell to then like use another spell with a verbal component, right? At least I would say you probably couldn't in terms of combat mechanics because that would, you'd be like, <laughs> like you'd have to like take a break in 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 the midst and like interrupt the cast the verbal component of that six second long casting to to break it so i think for me why would the same not apply to a somatic component and let's even say for argument that that you don't have both of your hands free even though somatic components don't really arguable whether they're specific to hands but the player's handbook suggests that they are um let's say you are uh, uh, a class that's hold let's say you're holding a rapier in one hand because you're proficient in it and you you're cast you're using the somatic component of the other spell 
would counterspelling a counterspell or or any other held spell that that maybe a, a person was just holding a spell in order for, for when you started casting and you counterspelled them, would that then break your casting of the underlying spell? Ladies and gentlemen of my fellow justices, I leave you with this question. Um, yeah, I think this question is a perfect illustration of what Hunter was saying about action economy and 5e being completely busted. Um, <laughs> Yep. Because why is this even unclear? But it is totally unclear, and I could see arguments either way. Um, yeah, I, I think the most compelling thing, like you were saying, was somatic components. So if you're already casting a spell that requires a somatic component, and you interrupt it to do another somatic component, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would allow that. <sighs> Yeah, and I mean, I just have complicated thoughts on counterspell in general as a DM. Like, this goes into one of my pet peeves. Like, can you counterspell a spell cast against yourself while you're casting something? Can you do that at all? I don't know. I don't know. It's complicated. I love it. Anna, yeah. Just yeah. Anna, what Joe. are your thoughts? Joe, 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 Joe. Oh no, what did I miss? Joe, I, no, you didn't miss anything. You've asked a question that I simply have struggled with and gone in circles, in circles. So many circles, I was somatic circles. This is what I was doing. You can't see it, listeners, but I was just waving my hands in circles, okay? Pulling out my hair. Because I, I, I'm the caster and I'm saying, how long does the somatic component really take? But then you read the spell and it's, it says, clearly says interrupts the casting, mm -hmm. yep. which means you're interrupting that somatic component, no matter how short it is. But then I'm like, if you counterspell the counterspell, then what are you even counterspelling if exactly. I broke my somatic component in the first place? And I just kept spinning in circles. I have you're a welcome, page worth of notes where I'm like, <laughs> but if you do this, but then you do this. And I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> so let's take another, I think a clear and easier example, because I think a lot of people would argue, well, you could do, what if you had two hands? Oh, free, then you could do the somatic components, which is true. I mean, generally, I mean, D&D &D is not super clear on whether a somatic component only requires one hand. Does it require both? Does it not require hands at all? I think- in But is it, action, is it ambiguous about whether you can cast two spells simultaneously? Because I don't think it is. Right. Well, right. Each of them is either it, but you can use your reaction on your turn. Right. So that's the thing that's, that's okay. That but can but you take a reaction at the side, like simultaneously with an action, but you, and you also can't cast two leveled spells on your turn on a turn. So see now that's so another, this is where a bunch of rules overlap in a way that should be a lot clearer how to yeah. resolve. So I think now that's another question. So so the, I think the, technically speaking, that the language that prohibits spellcasting has to do with the spell being either an action or a bonus action. Bonus action. Reactions technically are their own thing and they don't, like even if they happen yeah, on but, your turn, yeah. they're not considered leveled, they're not considered prohibited by, or at least I would rule they're not prohibited by the level spell restriction because the basically the level spell restriction says if you cast a spell um, that has, the timing of a bonus action, you can only cast 
cantrips with the, with the timing of an action on your turn. Right. Um, but uh, is that fair if it's all happening in the same six seconds and the logic behind the bonus action action rule is that, you know, you're like magical energy only has so much volume. Well, and, and say you did that, say you cast a uh, healing word and then sacred flame and someone counterspells your sacred, sacred flame and then you counterspell their counterspell oh, what a what a mess I, I, what, is, like, what have what you done now? to us joe i don't know <laughs> so like here's an here's an example where this could come up that actually i think might be easier and with the verbal component so the very popular spell shield has verbal and somatic components so let's say you it's your turn you're a wizard you start casting a first level spell that requires verbal you start casting dissonant whispers or something and when you cast it someone held their action to shoot you with a bow. So let's say you're no longer counterspelling, mm-hmm. you, you are being attacked and that person shoots you with the bow and you say shield. Well, you've, you're already using your, your action Magic powers, right? To use your verbal component on right. your turn. I think, so, so like, I, I, I mean, I guess the purest interpretation of the rules would say this is fine. I just don't know how you get away with being like, you're using the verbal component. It takes six seconds to cast. You're doing it as an action on your turn. And then also, you're also doing a completely separate verbal component to a different right. spell at the exact right. same time. Um, so I think part of me would say, I would limit it. I would say if it has in that situation, you wouldn't be able to shield. Otherwise, you'd be interrupting your casting of the other spell which is Mm -hmm. which would break the spell casting and you wouldn't let you continue with casting shield or or the underlying spell so you could either shield against the damage and lose the spell or just take the damage um and cast the underlying spell yeah yeah see i the way i would rule it is i so this is kind of a homebrew rule that i introduced in my session zero a little bit ago um you can't counterspell someone counterspelling you. I, I, I just, it, it's too complicated. I don't want to make, have to make that ruling on the fly. So like, I'm just not going to allow that like yeah. it, on and your turn. Yeah. And that's a reasonable, <laughs> I mean, that's a reasonable interpretation. And I think it, 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 it allows for other spell casters in your party to highlight them because then yeah. they could counterspell. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also really signifies the importance of like, of like, the a caster's Teamwork. ability to yeah well and a caster's ability to do their thing like yeah counterspell can be extremely powerful but i've done it as a dm like i've counterspelled a counterspell <laughs> right as a creature yeah. that i'm playing because i let my players do it and they hate it <laughs> <laughs> you know and i think for the first time i typically am very uh player-sided and not favorable to like these stricter rules that take take abilities away from from players but i think i think i agree with you guys i don't think with what the logic of bonus action action spell says it does not jive with me that you'd be able to do a spell both on action slash bonus action and reaction all on your turn so i'm gonna go with you can't and in the shield example, I agree with you, Joe. I don't think that if you're casting dissonant whispers, right. you should be able to at the same time. Mecca, lecca, high, mecca, wait, don't hit me. Oh, shield. Right. Shield. So I, yeah, I think we're all in agreement. I am shocked 
by my decision. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Another unanimous ruling. Oh my God. I listen, I'm the most shocked because I got, I pulled the court to the right. So you're welcome um, to the, the DM um, uh, favored the- side. Um, all right. Well, I guess unanimous court ruling that you could not cast, or if you decided to counterspell a counterspell of a spell you're, you're casting, you would then lose the underlying spell, spell if it had a somatic yeah. component. Yeah. yeah. Then you're then, then, then why even do it? Spell. And then why did you even do that? Yeah, right. exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think most people don't like at the rules. Like, see. Anyway, um, uh, gavel, 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 unanimous court. <laughs> Pen. Let's shake off these robes, yo. Oh my God. Why why are these robes so itchy? Why why are they so itchy? It's it's hazing. Oh, okay. Okay, got it. Yes. yes. Ours are pure. Some like itch powder in there. Yeah. That's why I'm completely (laughs) nude underneath. It itches less, oddly enough. Well, I I was too. You you told me to be. Yeah. Um, I roll around in gold bond, the medicated kind, and (laughs) I get nice and chilly because it makes you cold. And then I'm (laughs) naked and I my my powdery white body just whoop right into the robe don't worry mom i'm wearing nipple patches <laughs> yes pasties. yes and, and as and, and your pasties were, are beautiful thank you yeah, yeah. And the pasties were provided to me as well and i am i'm not sure why they're two poop emoji pasties but they are <laughs> and they're sequined and i love it you know this is what i assume that the actual supreme the actual court justice are wearing nipples. underneath yeah, they yeah. i have them on too all yeah. nipples are equal in my book you either show them or you don't <laughs> And then the off chance this goes on Twitch, which it won't. I don't want anyone to see my nipples and then we'll get demonetized. Okay. Um, Anna. Let's let's do some discussions. Let's. let's. Oh, boy. Let's. So, Ben, let's. you brought some topics yeah. to So, us. yeah, yeah. Um, so, this first one, Session Zeros. So, it, it's fresh in my mind. I've mentioned it a couple times. Um, just had a Session Zero uh, for a new campaign campaign i'm doing a, a third party module ooh, mm. called odyssey of the dragon lords it's kind of a ancient greek history inspired not history folklore <laughs> um inspired campaign it's very cool it's got titans and gods yeah. walking amongst Just men a bunch and of nice hot, hot sweaty every yeah buff greek you know, and uh, women just draped in sheets yes um with very weak ankles, everyone. Tatsikis. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. Tatsikis. No, it's <laughs> Tatsiki everywhere. Tatsikis. Yes, yes. Oh, God. You're using it like lube over there. <laughs> Is that tzatziki sauce? Are you just happy to see me? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We're going to hell. Sorry, Ben. Continue. continue <laughs> so so far, suspense. this episode, we've offended the French and <laughs> yes. the Greeks. And the Greeks, yes, yes. We got a lot more to go. Who else can we offend in the, the remaining time? Um, yeah, no, I. So the, the group of adventurers is supposed to be like a group of up and coming heroic, you know, mythic heroes. Ooh. Um, and everyone in the party chose a monster race which is really interesting Ooh. like how are they going to integrate into you know these human cities that are worshiping a medusa as a hero i don't know it's interesting but so my question having just done a session zero it's fresh in my mind is so is a session zero more for the dm or is it more for the players 
for what, both. What are y'all thoughts? I mean, excellent. This is an excellent question. And I'm so glad we're even talking about it. So, and and Ben, we kind of talked about this a little bit like, oh, like, you know, what topic should we talk about? And we both had watched the, the DM roundtable on mm-hmm. Critical Role, which if any of you out there ever want to DM, or even if you're a current DM, go watch that on Critical Role's Twitch. It is it is. It. I mean, it, I would have paid a hundred dollars or more to sit through that, and it's available for you free. Matt Mercer, Brennan Lee Mulligan, and Abria Iyengar sitting around talking about how to DM. Oh my God, um, <laughs> you can't really get better than that. Um, and they talked a lot about session zeros, and it's funny how different their take was. You know, Brennan kind of said, "Oh, like yeah, like give me that character backstory, and I will literally pull from it every single time. I'll pull everything because what are you going to go for the the person in your backstory that, uh, or are you going to go for some random dude who's like challenging your party, or the person in your backstory who who you have you know this this beef with, or or who you're out to get or is out to get you? Like that right. hook is going to be much more compelling every time, and um, a lot of that factors into like how you go about." setting the tone of the campaign during a session zero. Um, and I, I'm, I'm interested, you know, as a player in many campaigns now who sat through many session zeros, what are your thoughts on, on this question? You know, like, is it, do you feel like get, getting more out of it as, as the player, or do you feel like the DM that it was really more for the DM or both? I, I honestly thought it was really balanced because I'll tell you from a player perspective, I am always thankful for session zero. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of times when I have played, it's been at least with one new person that I've never mm-hmm. even met before. Right. And just having that like, oh, I don't have to play a character right now. I can just kind of like get to know this person a little bit before we enter into a fantasy world where I'm putting <laughs> on accents and, you know, just not even being myself. And that's, it's a very vulnerable thing to play D&D. And if you don't play with people that you know and trust, it can be really, really scary. <laughs> so I'm very grateful for session zeros. I'm also grateful as a player for session zeros because it gives me a good gauge of like what kind of DM this is going to be, Yeah, you know? Yep. Um, and even the same DM can change from game to game. So like if I do more campaigns with Joe, I think I would continue to appreciate him having session zeros because, you know, I played in your Harry Potter game, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a completely different vibe than Guy. Totally, totally. You know, uh, shorter games that are like, this is going to last for six months as opposed to be years uh-huh. or even two months, something like that has like a very, the DM has very different expectations for what is going to happen in that game. Right. And at session zero, really the DM is the only one that has those kinds of, that has that kind of knowledge and has those expectations about what this is going to look like. And it is so helpful as a player to just get a gauge of that, to get an understanding. What are you looking for? Asking that DM, any questions going into this, like what are the outer bounds of what this game's gonna look like? Yeah. So I I think it's helpful for both. Having only been on it from a player perspective, I wouldn't, I don't even know that I would be like comfortable (laughs) going into a game starting a brand new game without having had that session zero. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. you're hitting um, on for me as a player. So to answer your question, Ben, I think, 
I mean, and, and I'm interested to hear how your experience and your recent session zero was. Um, I think for me, it's absolutely both, right? Like I, I need my players to meet each other, to even if they're friends, to understand a little bit about what the expectations are. If we're rolling for HP, we're go- rolling for stats. We're going to do that as a group together. Um, and uh, and for me to lay out my rules, like I have a lot of homebrew rules. I have a lot of table rules, and I do it because I found that it creates a better game and it creates more order, mm-hmm. you know, moving forward. And people appreciate that. Um, uh, but. Yeah, I, I think it it really is both because I gain um, so much information as a DM. But when I'm a player, like what if, like Anna said, what if I'm playing with new people I've never met before? And what if they're like totally like say things that aren't okay and they're maybe a little offensive or whatever? Right. And it's like it's like, do I actually want to sit through this game? I would hate to start a session, you know, a first mm-hmm. session or maybe even multiple <laughs> sessions, get through multiple sessions and not really have that understanding of the dm sort of sitting around saying hey this is the expectation and of course you know yeah you can pass around a document beforehand that has your rules laid out but there's something more powerful about sitting around the table and getting that collective consent from the group that this is the tone we're going to have these are the rules these are the boundaries and and that's what we're going to set moving forward Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and uh this is a very 22 2022 uh sentiment but yeah it's it's kind of like Anna was saying it's about the vibes you're setting the vibes of the <laughs> campaign um which is super important i've been in games where there was no session zero ahead of time we just kind of all brought our characters and you have no idea what to expect at that point right and it, it that was one of the games that ended in a mutiny um <laughs> which we'll talk about in a few minutes yep. <laughs> yeah yeah um and yeah it's it's just super important um i I don't know the answer to this question. It does need to be, it, the, the goal needs to be a balance, but I think it does end up a little bit more for the players than for the DM. Because mm-hmm. the DM, you're kind of like introducing things, laying the groundwork, and then the players take it and run with it. Sure. Um, and I I kind of explained in my session zero that I am more a facilitator. I'm, it's not me against you guys. It's you guys telling the story and me participating and trying to make it happen. Uh, and like my, my attitude is never, no, you can't do that. It's how do we make that happen? How do we make that work? Exactly. Um, see, that is such good information to know as a player. Cause yeah. I feel like, you know, if I went into that, knowing that that's how it was going to be, that I was going to like bring you the ideas and that right. that's how we were going to play that moving forward. Awesome. Yeah. And if I went to another DM and they were like, Hey, I have a narrative in mind and I'd really like to stick to that narrative. And you guys are going to be characters yeah. in that. I'm like, great. Now I know now right. I'm not going to try to derail shit. Let's go. Right. Like yeah. well, <laughs> now I know I'm, I'm not going to, I am, I am going to try to derail <laughs> shit. <laughs> you Anna always tries. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. And I, I think you both mentioned it's, it's very super helpful for, new players especially i've got a complete D newbie in this group <gasps> so fun um and That's it exciting. was so fun to uh like establish okay this is why you're rolling this and he's like oh cool and this is what constitution means and this is your modifier and, mm-hmm. and i don't know it's just super fun and it it's a good rules refresher for me as a dm as someone who yeah i don't know i've been doing this for five years i don't look at the dmg very much anymore and right. so it's now like okay well this is how this feeds into this and let me reconceptualize that for myself and try and explain it to you. Um, and yeah, it's, it's super fun. And 
I, 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 I loved the way my players in this, this session zero kind of took control after a certain point. Ooh. Like we, we created our characters and then they started messing around with like accents and voices. <laughs> and it. then it just kind of naturally shifted into, okay, we're role-playing. We're at a, a, a nice. tavern and this is how we meet and how we are talking to each other. It was, it was amazing. That's phenomenal. Very I mean, like that's so organic and wonderful. Like what else, yeah. what more could you want? from a session zero i mean yeah that yeah. sounds amazing i love it and, i and love I think, this campaign already <laughs> <laughs> well and i think importantly like what dm should know and even what players should know is that in addition to a session zero like you can do more than just a session zero in right, the most right. recent campaign i started i actually did two session zeros we did one where i I laid out like the the rules went over rules went over expectations. I, I told them about the general environment because it's a very experimental new world for me and a, a totally different world. You know, electronics doesn't exist. You can text people. You know, the sending spell doesn't have as much impact. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but also for uh, then we had another session where we did all the stat rolling and we we did all of that stuff um, and we kind of introduced the characters a little bit. But then in addition, I worked with each player to yeah. develop their character on their own and and i mean i really think this is where the all of that hard work as a dm comes into play and you know in the gm roundtable uh, matt was talking about how um uh, you know you you work with each player mm -hmm. individually to fit them into that story and it also gives you I don't know if he mentioned this, but one thing I love to do is I don't love to go and, and give everyone's backstory and everyone's, uh, you know, whole spiel at the very beginning of the right. game, save those juicy secrets right. for mm -hmm. to come out in, in during the game. I mean, Anna famously, your character, uh, Iso revealed she was a princess named Zeliana halfway through the campaign <laughs> right. and everyone was like, Whoa? and now we're like finally following that story arc. And it yeah. was like, you know, like that's amazing those great moments are make you as both a person and the person playing the character feel surprised which i just and, love and you, this is what i love about it is that over the course of the two years that we've been playing that campaign they've gotten to know more and more about my backstory and now that we're actually like following through with kind of going back to my hometown to you know resolve the things i feel like my party is really invested yeah whereas if we had done that right out of the gate they would have been like this is an adventure like any other exactly. like they wouldn't have felt that connection that you know my character would have felt and i joe i couldn't agree with you more and i thought that you did such a phenomenal job even in your early days of dming when you first brought me into the into this world <laughs> um because Secret I remember from yeah. my womb, you arose <laughs> as a D&D player. One of your many children, I'm sure. But when, when I was first introduced to it, we had a session zero with like the whole group. And I think Joe probably had like three other Google Meet slash Zoom sessions with just me or <laughs> even in person where I went to his house as he like walked me through everything. Yeah. And I was so grateful for that because... Being brand new is so scary. Yeah, it's terrifying. So scary. It is. Yep. Because you're like, what the fuck? Do you, okay. Yeah. How do you play? This what do game? I do Where, now? Wait, yeah. The, 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 what do I do? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is why it's so essential to have this session zero. It's to like you know, right? Uh, see and what we, you need to expect and get to know the other players. Like that's. I think that's the most important function of it is to, like, come up with a group vibe. 
So here's a question for the DMs. Do you guys use session zero at all to like gauge how the, how the people are going to be? Of like, course. Do you, yeah, of course. Yeah. And would you, or have you ever decided at a session zero that somebody's not right for the campaign? I don't, I, oh, sorry, Ben. Oh yeah. I was, I was just going to say I've, I have um, picked up on things that someone wants to do in the game um that might not mesh with the, the game i'm trying to run but i've never been like oh i'm gonna kick that person like uh it, it, like i was kind of saying earlier like my my job is to try and make everything work together and facilitate a good time for everybody so that you, yeah you probably vet before you even call yeah 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 table, so like by the right? time they're yeah. at my table i've already kind of established okay you're not gonna be a problem player you're not gonna mm -hmm. like you don't have main character syndrome and yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, I've never kicked someone out or like asked them not to participate after a session zero. I think you're right. And, you know, like you do that vetting long before you talk to them individually about their interest. Mm -hmm. you, you ask them, oh, well, if you were going to be in this game, what would you play? How would you play? What would your story be? And then you, you sort of build upon that to eventually invite them in. Um, and, you know, here's what I'll say. I've, had a lot of players come and go to all of my campaigns. Um, uh, dynamics change. Not everyone is necessarily always on the same page. And you just deal with it, right? I mean, at the end of the day, unless someone is causing you, um, unless someone is, is not respecting you as a DM or not respecting the other players and not participating in the game. Like I have kicked people. We've talked about it on the pod. Right. We've I've kicked people out of my games for, for, for that, for lack of respect um, uh, and participation. But, you know, if someone's just a little quirky, a little weird, you just embrace it. You say, mm -hmm. yeah, that's part of your character. They're a little weird. And if it becomes like, a, if it makes things awkward or other players have comments, you know, maybe you talk to that player on, on, you know, one, one-on-one, -on -one. but um, uh, I think that's a great topic to bring up in a session zero. Like, mm -hmm. Hey, if anything comes up during this game, talk to me about it. Don't just sit and stew and get angry, like come, talk to me and I'll see, you know, what I can do to help facilitate that. Um, what a perfect segue. Exactly. <laughs> into player mutinies. Player mutinies. I, ben, what, okay. What happens? I need to know Please more tell about us. this. Yeah. 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 So the first time this happened, um, Whoa, it happened more than once. Yeah. So I've been in, I've been in two mutinies. Um, <laughs> like what does this even with, look with, like? With what my Des Moines group. When I, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we had started a um, God. What is what's the candle? No, no, no. The candle keep mysteries. No, the water deep one. Oh, uh, dragon heist. Yes, dragon heist. Water deep dragon heist uh, campaign. Just after it had just come out, the DM. This was, I think, his first time DMing, mm. um, and he spent most of the time in game reading from the book, and uh, I mean, like mm. reading from the book in general is not like a terrible thing like if you if you're going off of um a, a pre-written campaign it's it's kind of essential to every once in a while peek and Absolutely. see what you're supposed to do but he would spend the whole time just like you know with his head in the book <laughs> oh no and then eventually be like okay uh make it make a d20 roll and then yeah it, it, it was just very boring and like 
like I said, I I was driving two hours each way to get to this game. It was like, mm. this is not worth it to me. And so another player and I <clears throat> had a conversation uh, outside of the game. Like, <laughs> I love you, that you were the start. The I know. Impetus for this I know. It's wonderful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I I wasn't the instigator. Oh, okay. Uh, the, I, I sure, think we all believe. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I think this player had gone to each of the players and said, like, hey, are you having fun? Would you prefer if I were to take over as DM? <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. And so we, we kind of voted on it behind the scenes and then took it to the DM. And he was like, yeah, okay, well, uh, if that's the way you feel, I, I'm done with this group. Okay. But I'm this being was fair. Yeah. Back to the last topic. Um, this was the, the campaign where he didn't have a session zero. So we had yeah. no idea what to expect, right. how he was going to run his game. I don't think he had a lot of expectations about what he was going to do. And thus, the, the book reading and the boringness. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I just remember we spent. The, the last session before the mutiny took place, um, <laughs> we had found a wizard spell book and didn't know what to do with it. And so we spent the entire session walking around Waterdeep trying to figure out what to do oh. with a spell book. And it was just so tedious. And uh, yeah, I mean, awful. so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, so here's the thing, right? He's not a bad person. He's right. Not, no, no. Yeah, like, not. right. You know, he's not. He's not evil. He's just really green. And and right. that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And that's hard. And also, this is why I don't run modules because right. fuck that. I don't want to mm-hmm. be married to the to a book and to be scared that I said the one wrong thing that turns out like, oh, yeah. I forgot to read the last page and there the BBEG or something. It's like, yeah. uh, you know, I, uh, uh, modules are hard. I think. <sighs> I think if a player, I mean, maybe if I was that player, what I would have done is go to the DM right. first. I agree. Yeah. I don't know. And I want that breaks my heart because I feel like I have a lot of anxieties about DMing. No. Oh, I have it. No. And okay. I'm like, Ben and I, so yeah. Ben and I both <laughs> talked about this, how we were just going to bully you into DMing a <laughs> yes. campaign. Yes, you have to DM. Um, even a short term one, because uh, seriously, like, a module is just such a different universe from a homebrew game Yeah, that it, it feels, it, I have the exact same anxiety and you've seen me DM countless mm-hmm. sessions. It's, it's a night and day, totally different. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I, I also like, I, I don't know if I necessarily would ever like mutiny against the DM, yeah, right. but I also respect the idea of communicating with the dm if i'm not enjoying a game yeah you know like i think they deserve to know just as much as i deserve a good game yeah so yeah uh yeah and i i should be clear mutinies are something that should not happen (laughs) i mean i mean like this this was a bad thing that happened and the way we handled it was not great i was new to DD, and i was like oh is this how we do this okay just overthrow the emperor okay Um, yeah yeah, this this player who instigated was like oh i've been playing for 20 years this is fine i was like oh okay yeah i mean it's it it goes back to that respect issue right like right you gotta have some i mean at the end of the day if you're not happy in the game leave right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah like you don't have to turn the rest of the group against the dm 
Um, there have definitely been times when I've played in games and I'm like, this is not my jam. And either I've, I've dipped out. Um, I have, I've finished the campaign and then have not accepted invitations to join further campaigns. Um, I do it. I've done it regularly because I know what I want to play. I know what Mm -hmm. I want. Um, and I'm an independent woman and I will make the decisions that I, and I don't need no man. I don't need no man. Well, not according to the Supreme Court. So, not accor- well, that cut deep. Yeah. Hmm. <sighs> well, but I yeah. think, yeah, I think, you know, if you're out there and you're in a game that you're not truly enjoying, don't mutiny. <laughs> yes, agreed. Just talk to the DM and be like, hey, look, here's my concerns. And at the end of the day, just duck out if you're not having fun. That takes more courage and more honesty and humility than trying to, to stage a coup. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, and, uh, I, I, you know, give your DM some grace at the end of the day, even if they're bad at it, it's really hard to DM. Yeah. So they're <laughs> just trying their best. Well, uh, there are ways to make it easier on yourself as a DM to segue into a topic that Joe kind of raised there, homebrew versus running from a module. I, so he doesn't like running from a module. I do. Uh, just because it's good to have like someone else came up with all this stuff <laughs> for me to yeah. run. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I'll be honest, as a DM, uh, fun- fundamentally, number one, I'm lazy. And number two, I if we come up to a situation where like you mentioned, um, I did something that contradicts what's supposed to happen. I mean, just go with it. Like, whatever. <laughs> uh, I don't, I'm not. That terrifies me. But yeah. I'm not super loyal to what's written down in the book. I just use it as like a, a something to to use as a baseline and then go off of that. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like that was a hot take from Joe, actually, to say that homebrew yeah, yeah. is easier than module. No, I don't think it's I've way ever harder. It's way harder. I, it, no, no, <laughs> yeah. and I will I will say that is not, a, that is that is a me thing. That is other DMs, Matt and Brennan say the same thing that that they, they did a whole, years ago, they did an interview with each other and they talked about this very topic. It's it's It was through College Humor, if you want to go. I think it was Brennan's Adventuring. Oh yeah, I've seen uh, that too. Yeah. Academy or whatever. Um, uh it is just a different it's a different way of thinking right mm. because for me i would feel the 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 student in me would feel oh my god i need to read the whole book i need to know everything i have to do it yeah and that's just like how i've been raised and like how i approach <laughs> all work can't, in my life can't go off center here mm-hmm. like exactly mm-hmm. whereas when i'm this homebrewing path. like i mean this is something that i don't know a lot, a lot of people talk about like when when you're homebrewing you have this whole world in your mind's eye that you are creating literally bit by bit as you go. So when my players enter a new city and they ask, oh, is there an herbalism shop? And I haven't thought of one beforehand. In my mind, I picture the city and I'm like, oh yeah, there's an herbalism shop. And my imagination just comes up with, what does that look like in the moment? And I go with it. And I'm comfortable doing that. And I think it gives me more freedom, but I absolutely understand the value in in having a book that at your side that that at the very least you can reference for those little things. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're not following the story 100%, it's giving you resources and that's never a bad thing. Right. Um, anyone who's played in a game with me has sat with me in those moments where I'm like, uh, and uh, I just uh. don't know what to say next because I haven't thought of it. And 
you know, that's a consequence of home brewing. Yeah. And the, 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 the key is work on your improv skills. I've gotten better at it over time and go with the flow, go with the flow. Yes. And, and, and just sort of make it work. Yeah. Well, and if you're making up an NPC, trying to remember, remember their name. Oh my God. uh, (laughs) Well, that's how in my, I have an, I have an NPC common to both of my main campaigns right now named Zalaxis. And I apparently at the, when I first introduced him, I named him Zerolax. And then one of my players, Clint, you know who you are. um, Miralax. well, close. Um, uh, uh, what did he? He referred to him as like a, a propofol, or so, I don't know, some, oh my God. some like weird uh, 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 Tylenol. He's like, naloxone. oh yeah, yeah. naloxone, yeah. And I'm just like, oh Jesus, what have I done? So, uh, 100% write down names of NPCs <laughs> and yep. names of shops, names of places, absolutely. Yeah, I used to be very against having a computer up when DMing because it's kind of distracting. But now I, I keep a running Excel file just for that, for Absolutely. NPC games. <laughs> Absolutely. Important. Well, Ben. Thank you so much for coming you. to our discussion today and our cases and joining us and yeah. sharing with us. Thank now count the yeah. spell. Counterspell. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, I counter spell that. You can't. No, we can't. <laughs> ah. Motherfucker. Ah. <laughs> All right. Yes. Thank you for having me. Um, and do you, any, any, do you want to plug yourself on screen? Any socials? Uh, any, no, you yeah. don't have to. I mean, I, I, I have like my private social media stuff, but I, ben I don't have follows like a... us. So, uh, so just look for him if you want to follow mm-hmm. Ben. Yeah, exactly. I'm the one who like <laughs> retweets and likes everything the Ron Order, uh, I love it. Account puts out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you, and we'll we'll see you all in a couple of weeks. Art is adjourned. Tipsy's way. Oh, honey. More like tipsy gay. Honey, 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 honey. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs>